for us. And uh, this morning we have Martin sharing. Mm. So, Martin, over to you. I think it's always best to clap afterwards in case you disagree with what I'm about to say. So, So, um, as Nathan said, uh, we're on a series of talks, and Daniel explained it last week, is that we are ramping up towards pilgrimage 17. I don't know what ramping up really looks like, but we're warming ourselves up. We're, We're going up up the mountain, up the whatever. Um, And uh, last week, Heidi spoke to us about her backpack, or as I think it was also printed, her knapsack, that's caused much amusement. How do you spell knapsack? Anyway, with a K, yes. Um, And all the different uh, things that she had stored up over the years that she was then able to bring out in in different situations to help her. And so what we're going to do, we're going to continue in that theme and... um, which button do I press? Any, huh? Right one. That one. Is that one? Oh, look at that. Oh. And I think just really to, to think about this, when you, when you, um, when you join Lifeline, you, uh, you don't ever sit still. All right? we're, we're on a permanent journey. Um, as John talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, we have this, uh, you know, we're, our heart is set on pilgrimage. All right, we talk about this whole thing of um, not being allowed to be over 40 um, in attitude and in mentality. It's that whole thing of actually we're not just going to sit back and let life pass us by. We're not going to just put our slippers on and get our pipes out. You still got your pipe, Daniel? I've got my pipe still. So for that day that I do put my feet up. But anyway, um, but we're, on that, we're on that journey. We're constantly moving and basically... Um, Pilgrim 17 is the next part of this adventure that we're on. And we're starting to get ourselves thinking about that, get our, our, um, our, sort of our attitude right to, to those things. So as I've said, um, Heidi spoke about the backpack and all the things that you might want to pack ready for a journey, all the things that you've, you might want to think about so that as times, as the journey maybe is a bit difficult... You've got things you can draw on to help you through. And um, today I'm going to look at a vital piece of equipment. So yesterday morning, <clears throat> well, let me just give you a bit of background. My, um, the way I am is I like to have the right tool for the right job. All right? Because if you've ever struggled to do a job when you don't have the right tools, you'll appreciate actually sometimes... You just need to have the right tool for the right job. It's just one of those things. I, think, I, I got this phone call yesterday morning, quarter to nine, it was my father. And on Friday afternoon, he had dis, dis, uh, disassembled uh, one of his old cars, and then he couldn't put it back together again. All right? And apparently he had kept him awake all night long because he couldn't work out how to do it. So um, he said, can you just come and help me? I said, he said, it's going to be a really easy job. Um, yeah, right. So um, I get round there, and um, basically what happened was he'd, he was having to replace a part that had corroded. And he'd got a new part, albeit 60 years old, because that's how old the car is. But it's a brand new, brand new part, never been used. And um, we, had to, we had to put two rubber hoses, one on each end, and to try and get it back into place. And when, you offer, when I offered up this part to the, the space... It fitted, but as soon as you put the rubber pipes on it, 
It, there is no way it would go on. And we tried it, we forced it, we, we thought, do we, can we push the engine back a bit? Can we move the front of the car forward a bit to get it in? It just, just wouldn't go. And I was, thinking, I was just thinking, it's really, really strange. And in the end, I said, well, let me have a look at the old part. And when I put the new bit to the old part, the new one, the, the pipes on each side, were a quarter of an inch longer than the other one, the old one. So two lots of quarter inches, half an inch, and half an inch is quite a lot when you're trying to get it in a gap. So what do I need? I need a hacksaw. Dad, Dad, where's your hacksaw? Ah, he said, hmm, don't know if I've got a hacksaw. So I said, well, we need to chop off a piece of this pipe, and it's, you know, it's, it's half, an, it means like half an inch off. And then he rummaged through his drawers, and he found a junior hacksaw, which are the little ones, and the blade was like that. He said, I think I've got some blades somewhere. Well, I, we started with this blunt blade, and we tried another old blade, and eventually we, we managed to cut through this, and we got it all back together. But the point was, was that it would have been no good trying to have done that job with any other item, like a bread knife, or a pen knife, or a, or a, uh, a wood saw, it needed to be a saw that cut through it. It was a specific tool for the right job. And what I want to look at today is one of the tools that God has given us um, because it's the right tool for the right job. All right? So we're going to talk about the machete. All right? Now, it just so happens, in my backpack, I have a machete. <laughs> no! Five pound, Amazon. Anyway, um, <laughs> and it's surprisingly sharp, all right? It has a specific purpose, and the definition, as you can see, is it, it's basically, um, it was a tool that was really put together to use in the jungle to cut through, and um, it replaced the axe, and it's a perfect tool for cutting through, all right? For clearing a path through. And funny enough, there are... Um, a lot of similarities of what I'm going to talk about, which we relate to uh, the sword of the spirit. Heidi quoted um, parts of this last week, but the bit obviously is to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the tool that God has given us to help us through situations, help us um, as, as we're, we're on our journey. So, what do you use a machete for? Well, you've all got pictures of, in your mind of you know, explorers going through the jungle. Now, at this point, I would like to say that having spent all this time, all my time in Africa and in different places, I would like to be able to say, and when I was in the jungle, but I can't say that, because the closest I've been to the jungle is... Jungle gyms at Barkingside, the, uh, the place. But that was enough, actually. Um, but the, <laughs> the whole thing about being in the jungle is, um, is you, it, it's so dense, it's so thick with overgrowth, you need to better cut through, you need to better make a way through, primarily so that you and others can follow through that, that, that path. You're cutting through, you're making a way for others. So, this is what I was thinking. <clears throat> we, we find ourselves in different situations, all right? And sometimes 
this is where we have to rely on the word of God. This is where we basically, despite the, the circumstances, despite situations that we find ourselves in, we need to choose to believe what God has said. The promises of God. We need to know what God has said. Now, another thing in my, um, in my little knapsack here is my old Bible. All right? Well thumbed, it's well highlighted, it's got creases. In fact, I think if I take the cover off this, I've got dead cockroaches in the back here from all the time it's been in Africa and all the rest of it. It's, it's quite well used, but I still know that I don't read it enough to know all the things that God's saying to me all the time. But knowing what God says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the, will allow us to cut through what is presented to us, cut through our different circumstances, cut through where we find ourselves, sometimes even our reactions or actions and things like that. God just, the, the sword of the Spirit will just come and help us. And once you know what God has said, once you know the promise of God, for instance, Nathan just said, we have a God that heals, listening to that testimony earlier from Lisa. We know that God wants to restore. He wants to bring forgiveness. He wants to help us. He wants to help us. When we know these things, we can then ask God, through the Holy Spirit, to come and help us put these things in practice. We can, we can move out in these things. So asking for prayer is one way. Speaking in tongues. A few weeks ago, John had us to speak in tongues for 15 minutes just to see what would happen. A little bit later, I'm going to show a little video clip um, and you'll hear about the power of just speaking in tongues. Just speaking in tongues just will brings a clarity to a situation so we know what God wants us to do. Marie sat here and said, I just asked God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And she got a reply. But that whole thing of, we know what God wants to, we know God wants to talk to us, and therefore we ask God, and God talks to us. All right, so you experience the power. You ask through prayer or, or um, speaking in tongues. And then when, when you've experienced that, <clears throat> you give testimony. All right? I, feel, I still think we sometimes underestimate the power of testimony. I think sometimes, you know, when I, when I hear what, peop- what, what, what happens in people's lives... I'm a bit slow. I don't often say, yeah, I want that for myself. And I think that's where I'm missing out. That's where I could do with a bit more. But you see, when we hear what God's doing, there should be something in us that says, yeah, I want that. You've done it for them. Now do it for me. Yeah? So this is that whole thing of making this path of, um, of hearing what God's done and saying, yeah, come on, God. How about the same for me? Creating a page. I've got here Joe's testimony. I've, I've I've said to Joe this morning I'm going to talk about her. So she's all right with that, aren't you, Joe? Yeah, good. But there was just a little phrase. A couple of weeks ago, most of you heard Joe talk about how she was very anxious in, in different situations. And she, she gave the example of um, all the kids being off on school holidays. Now, that would, that would frighten the life out of me. Um, but, but Joe was saying that in that normal situation, she would be very anxious about all the different... Uh, stuff the kids were up to and the rest of it. And there was a little phrase she said, and I don't know if you picked up on it, but she said, after she'd been prayed for and she knew that God had done something, she said, I looked for the anxiety in that situation, but there was none. And I thought, that, that's the, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the machete that's come in and cut something off completely 
cleanly and there was none. I think, yeah, that's, that's what God can do. That's that sort of stuff that I'm, I'm expecting for myself, but also for you guys, for, for whatever it is. That God does it, and he comes in with his machete, cuts it away, and then the next time you expect to have that, that, that feeling, that, that reaction, whatever it is, there was none, because God had done something. So I just thought that was, that was really important, um, to, just to, to, to hold on to that, uh, that part of, the, the, of Joe's testimony. So here's a little word I, I thought was quite good. Using a machete to disentangle. Oh, that is a good word. Lorraine's frowning. Is it good English, disentangle? Good, that's good. Um, I quite like the unsnarl word. That's not a word you don't want to get on a Sunday morning. Unsnarl. Um, the, the way that I was looking at this is that you know, in my imagination, when I'm going through the jungle, there's lots of roots and things that could, you could easily get tangled around your feet. It could just slow you down, trip you up. There's all that stuff that's going on. And with the machete, you could just, like this, you could detangle, you could unsnarl yourself as you're going on on this journey. I just think that's quite a good way of looking at the use of a machete, is to, is to, set, is to release your feet, to, you know, to, to be unscrambled, unsnarled. And these were some of the things I, I thought about as we, were, as we were doing this. Life's distractions. Now, I was, trying to, I was trying to think of some examples of this, and Deb said, what about your kids? Yes, they're a distraction. <laughs> but I think, I think when she sort of unpacked it, she said, sometimes we can get so caught up in doing good things, we maybe miss out on God things. Sometimes we, we might feel that because we have to look after the kids, we're going to miss out on, on stuff. And, or maybe we prioritise doing this, but we feel like we're missing out on that. So, you know, there's these distractions that come along, and it's, they're not necessarily bad things, but maybe they're things that just stop us entering into what God would have us do. It was, it was really funny, because off the back of last week's talk with, with Heidi, um, I was at the front, and I was praying for, for people that had come forward. And one person said to me, I want you to pray, because I feel very distracted. There's lots of little distractions going on. And I nearly said to them, no, I can't pray for you. Wait till next week when I've done my talk. Because then, uh, but anyway, we still pray because there was that whole thing about, um, you know, sometimes we just get distracted. But our focus goes away from what God would have us do onto these other things. And I think sometimes we just need this, this machete action to just cut through, to release us from those little distractions, to bring us back to where God would have us. So that's life's distractions. <sighs> Wrong choices. Now, I know about wrong choices, all right? I read about it in a book. <laughs> I have made numerous wrong choices in my life. And I know that actually I've ended up in a right pickle at times. And it's required, it's required the Holy Spirit to come and just cut through all the rubbish that I'd picked up, all the, the different choices, the different things that I had done, just to come and separate me from those choices and bring me back to where he would have me be. I think most of us make wrong choices at times and we end up in a place where we think, how did I get here? I was quite thankful for Mark for doing my response time 
in the worship <laughs> about, you know, we've made choices, we've, we may have sinned, we may have done that, we may have gone off and done other things. But actually, the machete, the God's Holy Spirit can come in and, and just set us free from those choices that we've made to bring us back to him, bring us back uh, to that point. unexpected situations and what I really mean by that is that sometimes you can just be going along and something may happen which just throws us off and you know we, we, recently we've, we've said that you know there's there are no there's no surprises for God he knows what's going to happen but we we get thrown off because we're thinking we're doing fine we're doing this we're doing that but then something happens we just get completely off kilter and we end up doing something completely what we hadn't planned to do because of life situations had come along and just upset us. You know, whatever it might be, it might have been a, an accident or an illness or, or something happened in the family. But all these things just come along and causes us to, to go off kilter, off path, off, off the journey, and we end up feeling like we're left out or, or whatever it is. So sometimes just life's unexpected situations just come along and, and uh, throw us a curveball. And then our default responses. We've, we talk about this quite a bit, or I think we have talked about this quite a bit. Do you know what I mean by default? So it's how you react when you're under pressure or you've been asked to do something. How is it you... What's your, your natural reaction? What is your default position on certain things and um, sometimes our default reaction isn't the best reaction it isn't what God would have us do it's how we've how we've been it's how we've it may be how we've grown up it's maybe how we've learned to say things I was just again listening to Marie and it sounded like there was a whole generation whose default reaction to that situation was, we don't talk to them. Nobody knows why. She talked about the monkey going up and down the ladder from, from a while back. Nobody knows why we don't talk to them, but we just don't talk to them because that's, that's what we've been told to do. I think some of us have default reactions to certain situations. I'll come on to some of the things in a minute. Let me tell you a little story. All right. This is me being disentangled from a default position. And if anybody knows that character... <laughs> yes, let me, let me explain. So, um, <clears throat> this, was, uh, this was middle of last year, so it was fairly recent. I, I thought I was doing really well. I was, I was loving uh, the work I was doing. Um, life at home was going, out, was going really well. Um, I, was, I was doing stuff on doulas. I was, um, I was, there was lots of stuff. I, I think I was going to Sierra Leone. I've been, been to Zimbabwe. And I thought I was in a really good place. I was really, you know, just enjoying life. And, um, and then somebody said, somebody came up to me and said, I, says, I'm going to tell you what they said in a minute, but they just said something which completely shocked me. It, I, I was staggered. I just couldn't believe what I was hearing because I thought I was doing so well. I was, honestly, my face, my, my, my face hit the floor. I just couldn't believe it. I'm thinking, no. So, and my reaction was, no way. 
that is, you're completely off there. You're completely wrong. And I, I can't, I don't understand what you're talking about. I can't see it for myself at all. That was my reaction. This person had come to me and said, they'd stopped asking me to help them because of my grumpy reaction. But the thing was, it was I didn't feel grumpy. I, I, really, I really didn't. I, I don't even think my face was grumpy, but obviously they were feeling that my reaction was grumpy, that I was just a miserable old... <laughs> uh, fill in the blank. Uh, <laughs> but I really, I really couldn't see it. I really, I honestly, and I, I, was, I was shocked. And I went home and I said, Deb, am I grumpy? And she looked at me. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> and then I, I went, to, I went, I went and um, spoke to the person, or one of the people I speak to, and I said, look, this is what they've said. I really, really can't see it. I really don't understand at all. What, what they're saying. It's because I thought I was doing so well. I just, so that person said, well, you, know, you can always ask God. Mm, it's always helpful. But, you know, they said, well, look, this is what you could do. You could, you could ask God. You could ask others around you to help you. All right? And you could ask God to tell your face about it. <laughs> that whole thing of actually how, how what is my what was my default reaction when that person in fact that you know and that person in particular I was trying to serve and do stuff so it was it was such a shock but I then suddenly I began thinking well how do I respond when people say to me can I do this do I go yeah of course with a smile or do I go mm, I'll have to look at my diary I might be washing my hair that night. You know, what is my, what is my reaction? What is I, and I realise, actually, that sometimes other people also have a machete. Sometimes other people are there to help us become disentangled from our default position that we've taken. And I, like I said, I was completely unaware of what it was like. And so, therefore, it was actually helpful in the end. I can't say at the time, but in the end, it was actually very helpful that that person had said to me, this is what I see, and it's not actually, it's not actually how God would have you be. I thought, yeah, there was, a, there was a thing, there was this whole thing of having to change how I was, but actually, it required someone else to help me. You know, one of the, um, one of the lines that we sang in that, I think it was in the last song, which was, my one request is to be changed again. Did you all sing that? Did you all mean it? Good. So I'm going to get a really good response at the end of this. Because actually, if we're on this pilgrimage, if we're on this journey, we are, we are constantly changing. We are constantly asking God. I heard someone say, that, you know, God is, oh, God is changing us from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. But that two is about 80 years long. <laughs> because that's how it is. You know, there's that constant, constant changing. We're going to look at some of the other default reactions that you may have that you don't even know about. I've discovered it's quite good sometimes to say to your husband or wife, 
Have I got a default reaction about certain situations? They'd be, they should be quite helpful in, in, in that. <laughs> so the next thing I thought about is using the machete is, is obviously from setting free. All right? it's, that, it's that whole thing. If you've been tangled and you're, you're, you're entrapped, you can't move, the machete can slice through and set you free. And we know... We've talked a lot about being set free. The word of God sets us free. The Holy Spirit can set us free. All right, we can be set free from all sorts of things. And we can expect that the Holy Spirit will be able to cut through any issue or situation to bring freedom. We've heard testimony after testimony over the recent weeks of, of God setting people free from different situations, whether it be a physical thing, uh, a mental health thing, whatever it might be, God can come and just bring that freedom. You know, in my life, I have experienced the Holy Spirit and God setting me free from a whole load of stuff. You know, from the, the day that I became a Christian, 9th of May, 32 years ago, I think, about that, a long time ago. But I remember it was a Monday night and I prayed that God would forgive me, that Jesus would come into my life and that the person I was praying with prayed that I'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. And bang, I was filled with the Holy Spirit like big time. To the point where I went into work the next day and um, they said to me, they said, well, what have you done? You look different. Have you had a haircut? You know, all the sort of stuff. And I said, no. And I didn't say, I didn't tell them what had happened. But there was just something different. And the, the thing was, is that on that day, um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I stopped smoking. Just like that. No side reactions, no whatever. There were other things I stopped doing, which I won't go into the detail. But the biggest thing that other people noticed was I stopped swearing. Now, this sounds a bit strange because it wasn't on my list of these are the things I need to do to become a Christian. It was just something that God did in that, that point that my, my default way of speaking was to use a swear word very, very frequently. And somebody that I worked with said, do you know, it's been an hour and you've not sworn. <laughs> and by the time we got to follow that, I said, do you know what? You've not sworn. It's been a whole day. And I said, yeah, but it's not anything I'm trying to do. It's not anything that I've done. But I'll tell you what happened. I met with God last night. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I think this must be something that's happened. I mean, I didn't just become a Christian. I didn't know how to explain it, other than the fact that God had done something and completely changed me. It was like the machete of God had come in and completely cut this way. Now, my only disappointment now is I heard on Radio Friday... There's a new report out that says that if you swear, it can help. <sighs> what am I going to do? But anyway. <laughs> but the point was, was that God did something that I wasn't even aware of at the time was an issue. But he came in and just went whack. Set me free from swearing. He set me free from smoking. And now, the reason I, I say this is that because... Because God had done it for me, I have an expectation God can do it for others. You know, it's just that thing. Um, 
I was going to get uh, Mr. Gibbons to come up and talk to us, but he's out on kid work. So I can speak on his behalf. Six years ago, he started Doulos. And at the time, he was smoking. And he had tried numerous times before to give up smoking. Couldn't do it. The cravings were, were, were too much. He couldn't do it. And I, just, I think I just happened to mention, I said, well, when you want to give up smoking today, give me a shout. I'll pray for you. Just in passing, one of those things. He said, okay, yeah, fine. Pray for me. So we just prayed that God would help him, that the Holy Spirit would give him strength, he'd be cut off from smoking. And, oh, and with Tanya, that was a while back as well, wasn't it? Sorry, Tanya, I've forgotten. 20 years ago, pray for Tanya, same thing. But the whole point was, was I just talked to Dave on the phone, he said, from that point on, no cravings, no desire, not smoked. Just like that. This is that machete of coming in, setting people free from habits, choices, things they've got into over the years, that actually God can just go, look, actually, there's a better way. There's a, there's a different way to do things. So that's my expectation. I know that I've seen God do loads of stuff. Right? I have an expectation that God can do anything. You know, I suppose it's, it's, it's partly it's, it's how, how big is your God. You know, we've got the machete. I've got the machete up here. But the other thing that I carry around all the time, I have a pocket knife. Charlotte goes, that's illegal, Dad. You're going to get arrested. You're going to get a criminal record. <laughs> I said, no, it's got to be more than three inches. It's got to be a locking blade. I know the law. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is I wouldn't use this, but one of these will do. <laughs> what? <laughs> You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't use, you wouldn't use a, a pocket knife to cut through the jungle. You'd use a, the right tool for the right job. You know, <laughs> sorry. Um, but there's that whole thing of expectations is, you know, is your expectation the pocket knife or the machete? Well, you know, where, what does God want? Where are we? Jackie Pullinger. Now, shortly after I became a Christian... Somebody gave me Jack, one of Jackie's books to read, which was, it's called Chasing the Dragon. It's still available. It's a very powerful book. Those of you that don't know, Jackie, um, in about 1968, I think it was, or 1968, sorry? 66. Thanks, Josiah. 1966. She decided, or she felt that God wanted her to go uh, and work in the Far East. And... She applied to um, every missionary society that was out there. Nobody accepted her. She spoke with her her, uh, pastor at the time, who basically said, no, 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 no. And then she was so persistent, he went, oh, go on then. Oh, that sort of thing. But she bought a one-way boat ticket to Hong Kong. One way, age 22, just to go and see what God was going to do. Now that, if you want to have an adventure, there's your adventure right there. Anyway, cut a long story short, she has done, you know, she's set up all sorts of things in Hong Kong, there, but she's seen the Holy Spirit, she's seen God do amazing things with all the drug addicts, the opium addicts and all the rest of it. She has, you know, a friend of mine went out and spent two years working with her, and she came back and she said, you know what you read in the book? It's true. <laughs> I've seen it for myself, I've seen, she said, I've prayed with opium addicts, Bang. I've seen all this stuff happening. It was just this whole expectation of, well, what can God do? 
is a little clip. We've been having clips. Um, this is a little clip off one of the Alpha talks. We've been doing uh, GPs two or three times in the Alpha talks. So, yeah. There was this, there was guy. this guy called Winston. In, in Chinese, he's called Guachai, which means um, cunning guy. He was um, an opium addict. And I, t I, I would tell him about Jesus. And then he started praying in tongues. And he prayed for about half an hour. And I, I actually watched him go through drug withdrawal, no pain. You know, we, we know we're unhappy or depressed or anxious, but we don't always understand why or how to say it. So that's why it's so easy for them to come off years of heroin without any pain, because all the, all the stuff inside comes out. Do you know, I love that. It's just that, that Holy Spirit ability to come in and cut through years and years of stuff, just like that. And that's her expectation. That, you know, it happens time and time again. And I just, I find that really quite powerful. It's like, yeah, God can do this. Just, just brilliant. I liked it. John only asked us to pray in tongues for 15 minutes. Imagine if you prayed for 30 minutes in tongues. You get delivered from all sorts of stuff. Opium is on... Enter now. <laughs> so, I've got a few things just really I want to think about, about how you might respond to, to what we've been talking about. All right, the machete. All right, the Holy Spirit, the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Life's distractions. Do you find yourself distracted by stuff? Instead of doing what God wants you, you're, you're just distracted over there. Maybe, maybe a bit like me. Maybe you've got a, a few hobbies that get in the way. They, I try to keep them under control. Most of the time it's okay. But sometimes I find myself thinking, oh, what about if I go and do this? And I'm distracted. Just little things like that. But they, they just stop us from... Um, what was the little phrase I put? It's, they just stop us from, from getting the best of what God wants for us. Wrong choices. Maybe you've found yourself in a, in a position at the moment where you've made a few wrong choices. Maybe you've gone off with the wrong crowd. Maybe you've got involved in things that you shouldn't do. Do you know what? There's no surprises to God. He can come and help. He can cut off. Um, you know, he can bring you back on track despite what your choices have been. And unexpected situations, maybe something's just happened that's thrown you off a bit, and you just want to ask God to bring you back to that point of, of saying, yeah, actually, I want to be back on track. I want to be back with God. I want to be back um, on, the, on, the, on the right path. And then this is the thing that I, I really thought of when I was thinking about this during the week. It's, it's the default reaction stuff. I've given you an example of, of one of probably many of my default reactions that um, I've been made aware of over the years. That whole thing of just how do I respond when people ask me to do something or when a situation comes up. Now, here's the thing. Last week, Richard Wright gave us, um, he gave us a couple of things to think about. Hosting, picking up from the airport. Now, what I'd be interested to know is, is 
in your mind, when you heard Richard say, so we're looking for more hosts, how was your reaction? Was it, yeah, that's something we can do, or was it all, we don't have people in our house? We've never had people in our house. That's the sort of reaction type thing I'm talking about. Or, you know, serving by doing airport runs. You know, I don't know who it was a while back, but they said that actually, I think it might have been Anthony, said the thing about doing an airport run is you get to spend an hour, if you're lucky, two hours if you're not, (laughs) with a delegate, and you you can grill them, you can ask them about stuff. It's a fantastic opportunity to get to know people. But how was your reaction? Was it, oh I, oh, I don't think I can do that. I mean, I'm just picking on a couple of things that we, that we talked about last week. But sometimes, you know, our reaction, um, sometimes the way we are doesn't match what's in our heart. Like I found out, you know, I was really thought I was okay. I really thought I was available to serve that person. And they said, oh, no, you're too grumpy. You know, sometimes we just got to think about how we are when we react. So... Any, have, do you have any of these thoughts? Good. Anyone got a blank mind at the moment? <laughs> Is it there now? Oh, yeah, there we go. Good. Um, I don't do that sort of thing. You know? I'm just, th- I'm just checking them out. These are just different phrases that came to mind. Oh, I could never do that. Oh, it's all right for them, but, oh, I could never do that. What about... Oh, I've always been like this. You know, these are just little, little things that, you know, um, you hear. It was all right for them. You don't understand my situation. Anybody find themselves thinking like this? When they're hearing, it might be a testimony thing you've heard. It might be... Um, it might be a challenge to do something. It might be, it might be different things, but had any responses like this? Because sometimes these could be default reactions that actually are preventing us from entering to what God's got for us. So there's the challenge, really. There's the, the, the thing. What do we want to get sorted out? What do you want to ask God to come and help you with? With the machete. How do you want God to come and Uh, set you free from things or disentangle you from something or even for you to just ask for God's spirit to come and cut through a situation so that next week you can stand up and say God did this for me and then you make a way for someone else to access that as well that's probably where I'm at